following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it is a happy Monday inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios where Mickey Spagnola is for this edition of Mick Shots. I'm Bill Jones. It's happy in my home office, and it's happy in Everson Wall's home office as well because the Cowboys somehow, yes, were yes, on Sunday <laughs> afternoon at AT&T Stadium. How, okay, here's what I said. I, I stole the line from Jack Buck when Kirk Gibson came out of the clubhouse and hit a home run in the World Series against Dennis Eckersley and the A's in 1988. I don't believe what I just saw. That's what I said <laughs> when Greg Sirline uh, had the most unique onside kick I've seen since Tony Fritch in 1972. <laughs> I remember that one. The, he had the, 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 the right foot went behind the left foot, right? That's right. Remember that behind, one? Yes. Behind the back onside behind kick. The, behind the, the ankle. <laughs> behind uh, the calf. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, you got company? Spags, you don't remember that one, do you? Uh, I, <laughs> I probably wasn't intimately watching the Cowboys in 1972. Uh, we're going to delete you from this conversation. No, because all, I got, we got... all I got was in college was either the Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals or the Chiefs. That's all we got. Oh, well, yeah, you saw the Cowboys kick plenty butt then. If, it's the if Cardinals, I saw that's those, good stuff. yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like Brad Sham's uh, uh, final words was, uh, after we kicked the field goal, kiss that pig. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> kiss that pig. I, I love that one. I love that one. It was an ugly win, but it was still extremely exciting. So I guess kiss that pig would be the one that pretty much captures everything about that game. Yeah, if they could have just well, started in the second half, it would there wouldn't have been a pig. You would have said, oh, what a remarkable performance, right? Get rid of the first quarter. Jeez. Oh, Pete. Oh, Maybe man. they thought it was a 3 o'clock start. I don't know, but it sure didn't work out at noon for them for sure. Well, we were, you know, the, the, the Falcons were on East Coast time, so they should have been the ones that had the wake-up issues because they came out extremely aggressive. I don't know if they saw something in film or whatever, but they came out just uh, punching at the ball every time they had a chance. It, sometimes it wasn't just fumbles. I mean, it was a calculated effort to knock the ball out of our receiver's hands, and that's including uh, Zeke Elliott. So... You know, and it was I, it was Zeke's high school teammate doing it. Ola Coop, how do you well, say? Yeah, it? he Ola, knew something. Ola, Ola, he knew Ola, something. Ola, Ola, Ola. Ah, that's what it was. <laughs> that's from an old school game plan that he came out with on that one. So, See, uh, the, very unusual game, very ugly game. I got to tell you guys. I, but at, in the end, I did not care how ugly we won. Let's let's face it, guys. We have lost so many games in that same fashion. So I'm not going to, you know, douse water 
on this win, you know, as, as, as little as I can. I mean, there are things that we have to sort out. But, you know, we are so accustomed to losing games like this. I'm not going to be ashamed to say that I was happy that we won a game that we should have lost. Let's just be real. We should have lost. And there, so let's just finally we get to flip the script on all those guys, all those fans that are against the Dallas Cowboys. Well, how would you like to be in the Falcons' shoes and sitting there going, well, we should have won and you didn't? Uh, I think that's probably even We've worse. We've been there. That's the problem. Right? Yeah, I think We've that's even worse. We've been there so many times. That's the issue. So right. uh, I, I, I just thought, you know, if you can, you can get past the start uh, and basically get past, past the majority of the defensive possessions other than uh, the one that they had to have, uh, you know, from an offensive standpoint, I mean, they 570 yards. Think about that. Dak threw for 450 yards. It's rather remarkable uh, with the protection he was facing or wasn't facing, didn't have, uh, and and playing with two undrafted offensive tackles, uh, one a rookie, the other one in his second year starting his second game, and you still threw for 450 yards. I mean, I, I just thought that was the most remarkable performance under those circumstances and falling behind uh, so many times uh, that uh, that you would ever see in a football game. So uh, my point on this whole game, you guys, let, is I don't want to hear nothing else about Dak can't do this and <laughs> Dak can't do that. He can't come from behind. He can't win a close game. The guy's got 15 come-from-behind victories since the start of the 2016 season, and that ties him for the most with some guy named Drew Brees along with Derek Carr. So stop the nonsense from now on, okay? That's my point on this show. And it's so weird, Spags. You will still find commentary that talks about how his receivers basically bailed him out on so many different occasions. And as I look at, you know, so many great quarterbacks that are human and we still give them the benefit of the doubt. Dak has always been that guy. Uh, they will concentrate so much. There will, there will always be an asterisk by any stat that Dak Prescott uh, throws up there. The asterisk is always going to be the key. And I think that's extremely unfair for a guy who's got the heart that he has. Okay, I got a question for you. Uh, do you want me to do something about my dog, Romo? Please do. It's not bothering me. <laughs> oh, my go, go feed your dogs. Romo. Go feed your Romo dogs. Is, I got two beagles, uh, <laughs> Bo and Romo, and uh, I've got they're the gate up to where they're supposed to be in the kitchen. It sounds like they might have got out. <laughs> And, that, and Romo is the one barking in the background. I think he's barking because he's upset because Dak has now matched Romo with 400-yard games in his career. <laughs> but those, these two Beagles, they were, they were born in, in 2007, so they're 13 years old. Romo's first year as a starter, and we named one Romo. And the other one I wanted to name T.O., but my wife and daughters uh, said, no, we, well, we get to name I'm this sure one. The other, so, I'm, I'm sure Romo doesn't want 
Don't rename uh, Bo Dak because Romo would yeah. re really be pissed okay, off. Okay, so I'm leaving for one second to go close my office door so we don't hear Romo as well. So hope. So we don't on. need you, Bill. We don't need you. <laughs> you know, and, and, and Everson, one of the, the remarkable things was that uh, th that was the, when the Cowboys fell behind by 20 points to start the game, that was their largest deficit uh, to come back our second largest deficit to come back in and win the game. And I, I was looking at the other games, and uh, I was there. Well, now I'm there for four of the top five. Uh, the, the largest okay. deficits they had with 21 points. Uh, that was uh, yep. the season opener against St. Louis in, in 2014. Uh, my first game I covered uh, for the Dallas Times-Herald of a Cowboys game was that Sunday night game against the New Orleans Saints in 1984. It was the overtime victory. It had fallen behind by 21 points. And remember, it came back in that last minute or two with two touchdowns to tie it up. Uh, I believe it was a Randy White uh, forced fumble that Jim Jeffcoat recovered uh, in the end zone. Uh, Kenny Stabler was the quarterback. And that was... Ken Stabler was a quarterback, and I have never seen Randy White act like such a child ever <laughs> oh, in my life. That was hilarious. Remember that video of him? Watching him jump up and down after he forced that bubble was the funniest thing I had ever seen. And it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, you know, because you're watching the manster of all people who's one of the most honorary people you ever want to meet. I think he was the more proud of himself at that moment than he has ever been in his entire life. You know, it was and great if you, to see. When I remember, it was like he was jumping on a pogo stick. Yes, yes. <laughs> like a little, I, I can imitate it, but I won't do it right now since I'm Please the one no, that's standing. I'm the one you that's standing. You know, all over again. Uh, you know what? In that game, if you remember, uh, it was a Sunday night game, and it started late because the presidential debates went long. And uh, so, uh, and, and to set the stage for it, I think that the, at the time maybe the Cowboys were four and three, and they were you you, you were falling yeah. off the face. And Randy Galloway in the Dallas Morning News uh, basically wrote an entire column that the Cowboys were dead, that they were you know they're going to lose this game, and the, and the Cowboys are dead, right? Well, remember Tex used to sit in the press box, and he sat right in the row right behind me. And this is my first game, and I don't, you know, know what the protocol is or anything. And he's he's grumping up there, and it, everybody's on deadline because the game started late, and basically everybody had written their stories, right, ready to go, just needed the final score. <laughs> and then the Cowboys come back and tie it up, and it goes into overtime, and you hear everybody banging the tables, right? <laughs> and Tex leads out. He, look, he leads out and, and, he, and, he, and he yells, Hey, Randy, you look dead. <laughs> and then the Cowboys end up winning the game in overtime. And then the other one was the season opener in, in, in uh, 19, was it 1999 uh, when they fell yeah. behind like 35-7 or something like that. Uh, and, and Troy Aikman came back with three touchdowns to tie it up uh, near the at, right at the end and then threw the uh, deep ball to uh, 
Rocket, Rocket Ishmael, Ishmael after Rocket had dropped yeah. the same pattern earlier in the game, and the the uh, the name of the play was Red Glare. So it was a Rocket Red Glare. <laughs> so the so, only well, one I missed. Uh, don't forget. The y'all only one I one missed, missed was 83, was, uh, so Everson would have been there against the Redskins, uh, down 20 points. Yes. Uh, and it looks like that was, I was a season I was one of the reasons we were down 20 points. I was one of the reasons we were down 20 points. Uh, the Redskins had figured out our flex defensive coverage. Uh-huh. Uh, they realized that you could easily put the Cowboys from a zone into a man-to-man just by the positioning of the backs. And Coach Joe Gibbs figured that out. And that was the first time we had started seeing what you called hitch routes. They had, they had eaten us alive. They would put us in a man-to-man situation. And they would throw five-yard routes knowing that we always covered off from a zone position. Because that was the zone call out of the huddle. And what it did was put us at an extreme disadvantage isolating the cornerbacks one-on-one. So they would have the little fun bunch that they had, those little Smurfs, I believe is what uh, they called them. I think Howard Cosell started calling them Smurfs. So they had the little Smurfs out there, and they would catch the ball, a lot of distance between us and them. They would shake us down. Next thing you know, they have a drive going down the field. We're down like 23 to three, if I'm not mistaken. All of a sudden, we decided to change up the defense and go to a cover two. Now you can't run those hitch routes. Uh, They could not make the adjustments. The Redskins could not make the adjustments. Tony Hill and Danny White start to go off. I remember Tony Hill going down the sidelines and just eating up their DBs alive. I think he caught two touchdowns passes in that game, and we ended up coming back and winning that game. At that time, that was our most, I think it was our most, uh, the, the biggest comeback we had ever had in Cowboy history up until that point. I, I don't know if I yes, how, no, you're how right, long I am the, about that. Because the 21, the 21 point deficit came in uh, 84, 99, and 2014. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And we also did that in RFK Stadium as well. So the second half of that game, you would have thought it was a, uh, a COVID game because you could not hear <laughs> no. anyone in the stands <laughs> But Cowboy fans and RFK, the best feeling in the world. Bill, Love are you good? Are, are you done dog sitting? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been enjoying the conversation. Uh, we need, we're up against a break, but uh, let me give you – now, you were just listing the top comebacks in Cowboys history in terms of how many points they were down, overcoming deficits, uh, 20 and 21-point deficits, the top five in, in Cowboys history. I put this game – and the way it finished, the, the last-minute comeback in my top five favorite Cowboy comebacks of all time. And I start in 1972 with the playoff game against San Francisco, the game we alluded to earlier, Tony Fritch had the onside kick, and uh, Roger had two touchdown passes, one to Billy Parks and the other to Ron Sellers. Uh, I think that was the game where Larry Cole was uh, was uh, on rolling the side around on the rolling game. around on the sideline. <laughs> That's right. There's a, they were down 28-16 with two minutes left, and they came back and won 30 to 28. I'm doing this in chronological order. Uh, the second one is the Hail Mary with 32 seconds left of the game. 
the next one would be uh, Rogers' last regular season game in 1979, which is two touchdowns in the last couple of minutes. Uh, one to Ron Springs, also to the, the other to Tony game, right? Hill. Yeah, also against, against, against Washington, 35-34. And then I'll fast forward all the way to 2007, and Tony Romo throws five picks against Buffalo Monday night football, and the Cowboys come back, and they scored 10 points in the last 20 seconds of that game, a touchdown pass, and then a Nick Folk onside kick and uh, with, uh, with six seconds left. And then with two seconds left, he kicks a 53-yard field goal to win it. Yes. And then I'll put this one in as uh, number five on the list. There's others in there, but for me, those are my five all-time favorites. Like and those that. are good favorites, Bill. Okay. All right. When we come back, let's break down what went wrong and what <laughs> went right a lot on of Sunday each. afternoon. <laughs> and we'll need all week to discuss this, but Mixed Shots continues in a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, back. To shots. Let Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blue entertain you with some of the best hip-hop talent in the area, whether it's the high-energy co-ed dance team or the dynamic drum line, either can be booked to provide a unique and unforgettable experience for your virtual or in-person event. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash DCRB for more information or to book today. What a win for the Cowboys on Sunday, 40-39 to over the Atlanta Falcons and now the Seattle Seahawks this week. And then what a win for Seattle last night over New England, 35-30 uh, to as New England uh, had the ball down at the one-yard line and Cam Newton was stopped short 
um, by uh, a TCU Horn Frog, Mr. Collier, former first-round <laughs> draft pick, making the play. But we'll get into the Seahawks as the week uh, progresses. There's so much to break down on uh, Sunday's game. First off, I just love having fans in the stands. I don't, I don't care whether they are uh, just a smattering of fans or, or not, but, uh, but I, I like the fact that there were fans in the stands. And it's so funny, no matter how small the amount of fans, you could still hear the boos. <laughs> the boos were real loud. <laughs> right at, right at halftime. 21,708. Yeah, and they were all kind of spaced out. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if TV showed many shots uh, of the stands, uh, but they showed how everybody was spaced out. Now, there would be groups of people, and remember, you could buy as many as six, and they put you in a pod. Uh, but if you were six in a row, there was nobody sitting in front of you and nobody sitting behind you. Uh, and then the next row had some more people that way. And so they spaced everything out. And uh, uh, the only thing I noticed was those masks didn't last for four quarters on, on the majority of the people <laughs> sitting there. And, and, I mean, did you expect them to at all? Uh, no, There's no I way didn't. you can keep your mask on. Well, that's because a, they were eating and drinking. Yes, right. They were eating and, and, and drinking. That, of course, yes. And screaming their... All of that has something to do with it. And screaming their brains out, right? <laughs> you, can't, right. You, can't boo, you can't boo effectively with a mask on. It just doesn't work. Well, there was a lot <laughs> okay. to boo on, so. those, on four of the first five <laughs> yeah, the possessions. First. Well, in the first quarter, I mean, it reminded me of uh, the way the uh, 1994 Three. NFC Championship game began. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the it was played in 94. Season. Yeah. No, it was the 94 season. Yeah, sorry. 94 season. Yes. Yeah, yeah 94 season, January 95. Uh, the three turnovers that San Francisco turned into 21 points the first seven or eight minutes of the game, whatever it was. Uh, and then throw in a fake punt that didn't work as well. Uh, so the Cowboys actually could have been farther down than what they were at the end of the first quarter, but they were, as it was, down 20 to nothing. Yeah, they were able to, those last two possessions, the fourth and fifth one, they held them to uh, field goals after uh, the fake punt failed, which should have worked if C.J. Goodwin had kept his feet. He slipped and fell. Uh, and then Dalton Schultz loses. Oh, the you're going to put that on CJ? Well, you didn't think that I, was a horrible, <laughs> horrible pass. He fell yeah, before the pass got there. Was a great athlete. Like I, I keep hearing about what a great athlete our quarter, our punter is, and he throws a duck. It never should have been that difficult, guys. He'd fallen before I the mean, ball maybe, ever got yes. there. He he did slip. No, he was on the ground. There's no reason. <laughs> there was, He's there on was the no reason for him to even have to be on the ground. That ball should have hit him in the chest. That's okay. all. That's, That's the problem. That's the problem with running a fake punt when Danny White's not the punter. Okay. Saying, preach, Bill. Preach, Bill. Throwing a pass to a defensive back, not to a wide receiver. No, no, no. Uh, it depends on the defensive back. Let's be oh, real about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Unless the defensive back has 57 interceptions That's in his right. career. Then you can run that fake punt to a cornerback. <laughs> I, just, I just really felt that um, – this was one of the ugliest wins we've ever had. I said it earlier. 
And even when we started off the fourth quarter, I mean, you talk about the, the first part of the game, of course, these fumbles, you know, Schultz finally gets to, to make a catch. You know, he's, he's, he's looking forward to having a good game. They punch the ball out on him. Zeke comes out. Uh, I don't know how. Zeke fumbled twice, if I'm not mistaken. He and did. And he only recovered one. Yes. And so we, once again, we could have been in a much better situation, worse situation. And the other thing I say is, I can't believe I'm giving the defense credit after a game they end up 40 to 39. <laughs> because when you look at three of those four turnovers, they actually held, <laughs> which was unusual. They actually held the Falcons to a couple of field goals. Which, you know, when, you, when it's a game like this, every victory helps. You know, any individual win, any situational win helps in a game like this because as we go on, we will note many times where that particular play kind of held the game in balance. So this is, this is one of those just topsy-turvy games. Well, if you look at if you look at the defense's part in this, after the first two possessions, uh, the Falcons scored on eight of ten possessions. Eight of ten. All right? And, 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 and the one they stopped them, they had to stop them to get the ball back, and that was the first sack of the game. Everson Griffin got a sack on second down, yep. uh, which led to them having yeah. to uh, and, actually and, and punt Mickey. the ball. And Mickey, the other one, Julio Jones dropped a touchdown. Back. Yes, absolutely. So they were they were like over <laughs> after the first two uh, possessions. Uh, yet when they needed to get the stop to create that next possession for the Cowboys' offense, uh, they got it somehow, some way, which was rather uh, well, remarkable because the defense. I'll tell you what, they they better hurry because that front gave Matt Ryan the time of day in the pocket to the point where he's running out and gaining yards uh, when no one's open. Uh, we, we talked all training camp about this pass rush, this, this, and this. And, and it's non-existent. They're not getting there. I, I don't know what the deal is, but th they're not even coming close to putting pressure on an opposing quarterback. And, and you know, and, and now they got it next week. You know, next Sunday with Russell Wilson and this guy, if you don't get pressure on him, you know, he's either completing it or he's running by you. Uh, so they better figure it out real quick. Well, Russell Wilson last night, Russell Wilson last night against the number one defense in the league last year, which returned virtually all of their secondary, uh, is back this year. And he threw five touchdown passes to five different receivers last night. Yeah, if no he doubt. doesn't get no picked off, didn't was, he get picked amazing. off for a touchdown right at the start of the game? And then after yeah, that, Devin McCourty to start the game at yeah. a pick six. Yeah. And then after that, the, the roof yeah. came in. So, uh, yeah, this defense, you know, you got to score 40 points to win a game. You, you gain 500, and, despite the turnovers, they gain 570 yards. 570 yards, 450 passing. Scored 40 points. And, and you had to score 40 to win by one. It's just absolutely remarkable. So, you know, this defense starting to look like uh, stuff I saw in that 20, that, you know, that 2013 season uh, when they gave up 45, 37, 49, 31, and 51 to Denver and got beat 51-48. So uh, they better figure things out quickly. Well, yeah, I, the thing that I uh, can point out as well, uh, 
the Falcons did their best to give us the game. And there were moments where we were like, nah, we don't want it. You know, you can have it. You can have this game. We'll go 0-2. We'll be fine with that. That's just the way that game seemed to go out. As many mistakes as we made, the Falcons probably made a few more. Uh, I thought one instance, it was a very uh, uh, understated moment. But uh, while the Falcons are up with all these points and the, the clock in their favor, I believe it was around four-something uh, left in the game, they throw the ball on like second and 10 or something like that. You know, there was no reason for them to even attempt to throw a ball at that time. The Cowboys hadn't stopped them doing anything. When they threw that ball, that stopped the clock. I think we ended up getting the ball back again with about 3.30 left. If they would have just kept running the ball, the Cowboys would probably have gotten that ball around the two-minute warning at the end of the game still down by 15. So just small things in that game where the Falcons really showed how they're just as incompetent as we are as Dallas Cowboys. I've never seen a game where it seemed like two teams really didn't want to win. You know, they just wanted to go out there, and I think they wanted to extend the game. They looked like they wanted to just play more. Well, that, uh, that probably, very... Everson, was when uh, they ended up uh, – there was 4.39 uh, left. Uh, the Cowboys had called a timeout. It was second and 12, uh, and that's when Griffin sacked Ryan to make it third and 18 and forced them to punt, and the Cowboys got the ball back with 2.57 left, uh, down 39-30. Uh, and then that's where things even yeah, got think, more interesting, right? Yeah. But to, to your point, I think he was on the previous possession. If we were on Atlanta Falcons radio today, we'd be talking about the previous possession where they're ahead 36-24, to 24, and I don't have the time. It was with about eight or nine minutes left in the game. And they've got a first and ten at the 12-yard line. They ran Gurley for four. And then on second down, uh, second and six, they throw an incomplete pass, and on third and six, they throw an incomplete pass. They could have, they could have, if they run the ball there, they they got a 12-point lead, and they wound up kicking a field goal anyway. On second and third down, they could have run a minute off the clock, and, yep, and that's instead what I'm talking of about. Uh, giving the Cowboys the ball back with a third with a 15-point lead. They gave the ball back with 7:57 left. There would have been 6:57 left. I mean, it was yep. things like that. You make you make uh, offensive uh, play calling decisions like that, and you're going to blow a 28 to three Super Bowl lead. And you know what? what? That did. was the first time. <laughs> you know what? That was the first time I think uh, Alden Smith actually you knew he was in the game because he got pressures on both of those uh, incomplete passes. Uh, and, and they finally got around uh, Ryan on second and seven and third and seven at the nine. Yeah, they got a little greedy. You're, you're exactly right because the Cowboys did get the ball back with 7.57 to go. All right, uh, we're going to take a break here, and let's talk about who really stood out for you when the Cowboys made their comeback. There's uh, several players who stood out, but but uh, who's the who's the top of the list for you? And the Cowboys uh, come from behind win over the Falcons on Sunday. That's when Mick Shots continues in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery, 
cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller light together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back. To Mick Shots. Celebrating styles and designs worn by players and coaches over the last 60 years, the Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop introduces the new era 1960 headwear collection. Find the full assortment at your nearest Cowboys Pro Shop and on shop.dallascowboys.com. All right, uh, do you remember who your picks to click were on Friday? Uh, Everson Walls reminded look at, look me at right at the end of the game. <laughs> Why are you smiling so much, Spagnola? He is, <laughs> you know, he just pulled that out of his butt last week, and all of a sudden, Zerline comes and does what he Did does. Did you call There's the no... onside kick? Well, I, yeah, called, no, like I think I called, like, happen. Come I on. called like four field goals or something like that, and he would hit the game winner, so. So basically, I, I, uh-huh. I get credit for the onside kick too, right? I don't think I've ever seen you, sir. I'm not sure I've ever seen one like that. It was almost, you know what? No, I, I, no doubt. I thought that they were going to call a quick kick. You know, like in baseball, you quick pick somebody. He quick kicked it because I think they thought he was standing there, mm-hmm. set the ball up parallel to the line of scrimmage on the ground, and then he was going to back up. And he just stood there flat-footed and kicked it. And the thing went like sideways, and it kept going and going and going, and you know. And C.J. Goodwin, God bless him, he had the patience to know where he was and when to pounce on the ball. It was incredible. There was a, there was a reason he was the special teams captain yesterday. Yeah, C.J. Goodwin. absolutely. And uh, uh, let's be okay. let's, let's let's be one thing I've always known about great plays like that, uh, and I've been a part of them, of course. Uh, Great plays happen for one team because of the, the failure of the opposition. 
The failure of the opposition has as much to do with the completion of a great play than the, the, the team that made the play, than them being able to carry through with it. I've always said that. So when you're going to make a great play like Goodwin did, well, it was because of the ignorance of the Falcons' special teams. And, and let, let, let me finish, Bill. Hold up, Bill. Let me finish. Yeah. Here's what's crazy. They called a timeout when they saw what Spags was just illustrating, uh -huh. just what he's talking about. So <laughs> what the hell did they talk about during the timeout if they do not know that they can touch the ball before 10 yards? That made it even more ridiculous, guy, in my eyes. And what really made it ridiculous, we've all known since we started playing football when we were <laughs> seven, eight years old what the rules are on an onside kick, right? I mean, well, and, and, and to think about it, okay, when the coaches get are in their special teams meeting in Atlanta, all right, you are going to have to land, fall on that football at some point. You might as well do it before it goes 10 yards, where it is uncontested, where you jump on the football. Your chances of recovering it are much better if the other guy's not jumping on the pile at the same wow. time, right? They wow. could have had three guys jump on it. One guy could have jumped on it, and two guys could have covered up, right? And they sat there and waiting right. and waiting and waiting, and it was like, oh, my Lord. It was like... They were hypnotized. You know, the only, no, the only no. excuse well, I've heard I, I from heard them, a great line. The only excuse I heard from I had a great line. Let me go fast. Okay, go ahead. I, I had a great line. They said uh, they thought when they were uh, competing in curling. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best line. They just didn't they have, they a, they didn't have a broom, right, to keep they the They just ball didn't have rolling. the brooms. <laughs> Tony I think Gonzalez. they were trying to blow it foul. Tony Gonzalez said on the post-game show that he goes, the only excuse I can even come remotely to give them is that they, they didn't think it was going to make 10 yards, so it didn't matter. And it's like, okay, but still it was almost stopped. All you had to do was fall on it. Uh, I, I don't uh, think no. I've ever seen one like that before. And, and think about it. In fact, th I, I thought of this. This was the first time the Cowboys have ever played a game the same day as the final round of the U.S. Open, and I thought it was it was fitting, it was fitting that they win the game on a perfectly lagged onside putt by Greg Zerline. I mean, if he if he had a, a putter out and he was he was putting a 70-yard putt, he could not have lagged it any better oh, than what he did. My on goodness, that. I just you thought know? it was amazing. You know, they're they're also <laughs> and, and see that's. That that is that lets you know the Falcons are just as inept or even more inept as we are because what <laughs> you saw the failure you saw with the Falcons that's what we were accustomed to like especially the second half of last season the entire second half of last season we always had some type of debacle that led to some unusual loss on our part so it's just good to be on the other side of it. Great to be on the other side of that. You know, it. if you go back and watch the replay of that uh, after, the, after a good one fell on it, uh, I, I thought John Fossil was going to jump on the pile to cover him up. The, the official had to yank him off the field and get him behind him so he could come in and make the call. He was so excited. And I'm thinking, well, hey, after, two failed, after two yeah. failed fake runs. Right, right. <laughs> he needed that. Boy, did he need that. We all and, needed that. Okay, one. the other thing that had to happen... And the other thing that had to happen, the Cowboys weren't in field goal range, 
and they came through, and I would like to uh, let you all know that, uh, remind you that my pick to click was a guy named C.D. Lamb, and how about C.D. Lamb and the way he played in this game, and how about the veteran move that he made, and he was well coached by somebody on that staff, whether receivers coach Adam Henry or whoever it was, that, okay, here's the game plan. We we recover this onside kick, and now we do not want Atlanta to have the football again. We're going down to score. And so he, he, uh, you know... uh, he broke the ankles of uh, the DB that was covering him. And, and then he's running downfield 25 yards, and he doesn't go out of bounds. Stayed he, in bounds. He yes, stays he in did. bounds. He doesn't take That's a right. hit. doesn't risk losing the football. He were in field goal range at that point. A very heady move by a rookie right there. No, he was he was remarkable in the I game. And, you know, and he would have had, you know, another great play if not for, uh, I guess, the block they called him on. I just thought it was a, a real heady play on his part, and you know there was another tackle that, that they didn't call. That was a tough call, Spags. Yeah, that, that was, was a such tough a tough call. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it was. But he 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 showed and, that and the I ball gotta say, needs we to be in about... his hands. Yes. Yep. I, I, I like the way you had certain guys, and once again, I'm going back to defense. Believe it or not, uh, I thought Joe Thomas. Yes. Especially in the second half of the game. I thought he came through and played the way a linebacker should play. I thought his blitzes were timely. I like him. Uh, I thought that he read a couple of plays. I think he shot the gap on his own a couple of times that led to some big losses, timely losses for uh, the Falcons offense. So I just had to give, up, give him some love because I saw a different type of play out there. You saw a guy shooting the gaps. You saw a guy making plays. You saw a guy that made some big plays and made a difference in the game. Ended up with uh, 12 I tackles, one tackle for a loss, and one quarterback hit. As quiet it was kept, uh, Jalen on the game, uh, the game stats had 13 tackles. He had 12. So, yeah, awfully good game for him filling in for Leighton Vanderish. And then I'll throw out Dalton Schultz, too. Yes. I, I, yes, I, sir. I really like, outside yes, of the field, I really like uh, the way Dalton Schultz plays. And uh, I think the Cowboys, you know, yeah, you'd There's you no wish you had played Jarwin because of his threat downfield. But but I, I like Schultz a lot. And Blake I think, Bell had I think a couple Schultz, of catches, too. I talked too. about it last week. I talked about it last week. I think Schultz is just as athletic as Jarwin. I really do. He just hadn't had his opportunities yet. Uh, Jarwin may be a bit more athletic, but I don't think we'll see much of a drop-off for this season. Schultz is going to be big for us. You just wait and see. Nine and catches like, for like 88 yards. As a blocker. Yep. I, you know, I like the way he's built. He's got the, the length as a blocker, and he's got a toughness yep. about him. Yes, And Blake does. Bell, as a blocking tight end, as a second tight end, I think Blake Bell is, uh, is a what a, what a addition to Even though team. it was called back, I just thought that was an amazing catch by him. And his, his, his hunger to, to continue to keep going down the field, look forward to the block by C.D. He kind of read that well. C.D. came in, I thought, just in time and perfectly. I wish he could have uh, – they could have kept the tack on in regards to, to Bell's reception. But I really enjoyed how he stepped up to the moment. We he needed up, everybody at that time. He ended up playing 40% of the snaps uh, Bell did. Right. So from a two-tight end situation – uh, yeah, that was uh, that was working. That's why I think if if people watch this game, you know, all right, Jarwin's hurt. Okay, who can we go get? Well, sometimes you just got to rely on the guys you have. 
they're they're there for a reason and give them a chance. You know, Schultz, and not everybody's and, and there, a rookie of the year. There's a reason they kept McKeon, too. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. There's a reason they kept Sean McKeon, too, because they could have exposed him to waivers and might have got him to the practice squad, but they liked him enough to keep a fourth tight end. All right, yes. we're just uh, – but that flew by, and uh, we've got so much more to get to uh, tomorrow here on uh, Mix Shots. So much to even break down from that game, and we'll start uh, paying some attention to the Seattle Seahawks as well. It's a big game coming up, but wow, what a much-needed win that was on Sunday over the Falcons. All right, we'll see you again tomorrow here on Mix Shots. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?